Peace and blessings, and welcome back to the Heritage Hip Hop Podcast, where we introduce you to your future favorite artist today through our sponsor, HeritageHipHop.com. We are more than music. By joining HeritageHipHop.com, not only do you get early access to our many interviews and podcasts, but you get access to exclusive music playlists and more. So please, help us build this foundation by becoming members of www.HeritageHipHop.com. We're also sponsored by Transparent Credit Repair, the superheroes of the financial literacy and credit repair world. Changing your life only takes 15 seconds, and those 15 seconds can be used to figure out and fix your financial future. Open your wallet to more income instead of paying out more debt by going to HeritageHipHop.com and clicking on the link for Transparent Credit Repair. By clicking on the link, all services rendered receive 20% discounted prices from going through heritagehiphop.com to the transparent credit repair so remember change your life in just 15 seconds go to heritagehiphop.com and click on the link for transparent credit repair fill out the info the information needed and watch your life change today's episode we celebrate an mc from texas by the name of tech force tech force represents the side of heritage hip-hop that i love which is the blurred hop you know anything about blurs or black nerds they love anime cartoons comic books and all sorts of art in media expression and that's what i'm into i like art you know what i'm saying and hip-hop is more than just the music you listen to it's the form of expression and taking your past and making it a part of your present with the creativity that you have because it's unmatched so let's see how this mc from texas takes his love of blurred culture and puts it into his hip-hop creativity I mean, we're talking comics, 8-bit video games, 8-bit sounds, NES, and all that. So take a trip to the past, and let's talk to Tech Force about who he is, what makes him who he is, and how he creates. And I'll be back with the rest of my commentary after this interview. Peace and blessings, and welcome back to the Heritage Hip Hop Podcast, where we introduce you to your future favorite artist today. And today, I got somebody who's more than music. He's a blur like me, and he's strictly hip-hop. Introduce yourself to the people. What's up? This is, uh, I go by the name of Tech Force. I'm an MC out of Dallas, Texas, and I've been in the game for a while. I represent my company, Life Cycle Entertainment. And uh, like he said, I rap about, um, well, video games, anime, uh, rap about real-life issues, I rap about basically what's on my heart. I'm a student of hip-hop, was raised on um you know, uh, groups like the Fat Boys, R.I.P. Prince Marky D, um, you know, LL Cool J, Run DMC, all of the greats got elevated in the game when I listened to A Tribe Called Quest, Black Moon, Wu-Tang, and all those. And now, fast forward, I'm an MC out here trying to do it. And most of the people that you named have been on Heritage Hip Hop. So salute to you and salute to them, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Yeah, word up, word up. I interviewed Drez from Black Sheet, which is available now at HeritageHipHop.com. Check that out. Hey, right? man. I, Drez is black. I, I grew up on Black Sheet, man. Um, a wolf in sheep's clothing stayed in the deck, like, all the time. All the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I definitely was a fan of Black Sheet. Now, part of what makes you an MC is the ability to transport somebody into your life and make them feel at home within their own life. What song made you feel like you was a part of a bigger picture than just the self-culture America teaches? 
Um, when you say so, you mean like a song I've personally done or something I've heard? Something you've heard. You're talking about your insp- influences and inspirations right now. Um, you know, I, I, I want to say if I want to a particular dr- track, probably lyrics to go by a tribe called Quest. That's a classic. From the, the Midnight Marauders album. Um, it made me feel like I was right there in the studio with him. Mm. It made me feel like I had the energy. It made me feel like I could do it one day. Like they were speaking to me when they was rhyming and him and Fife were going off with each other. It, it brought me more into hip hop than I'd ever been even before that. And I played that song off that album over and over and over and the whole project I, I played, man, but lyrics to go just just hit me, and um, and the God still shines, uh, God shines through. Um, yeah. The last track on the album was probably when it took me to the stratosphere because I'm like, I can't believe I'm hearing something that sounds this great, and it it changed me. Like it made me want to do music. I, I didn't want to do that before. So, at, to me, that particular Maybe those two tracks were kind of a turning point for me. God Shines Through was one of the first tracks I ever heard that finished the album as strong as the album started. Yes. <laughs> you know? Right. And, right. And many many hip-hop albums don't do that. They just give you a final they, song, and it's a good song, or, you know, it could be a great song, yeah. depending on how classic the album is. But, like, songs yeah. like God Shines Through and Street Chemistry by Ghostface and Bulletproof Wallet, when yeah. that album ends and you get to that song, it's like, God damn, it's over. <laughs> right, right. There's 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 a handful of albums that start off, um, they end as strong as they they start. I think, um, hell, Buster Rhymes had several like that. Um, the Coming was was one, obviously. Um, and um, I thought uh, Extinction Level Event was super super strong from beginning to end even mm-hmm. extinction two i think was was well crafted and there's mcs that can kind of delve into that um but they're few and far between between man I, I think that's when you're mc you make albums you want to make sure that every cut that you make is strong and sometimes it works sometimes it don't well you know what works out for an mc to make good music is an mc has to be comfortable comfortable within themselves and comfortable within the world they want to share when they create music yeah. How did you Absolutely. find your comfortability, especially to bring somebody into your world of eight bit and sixteen bit tracks? <laughs> so you, you have done your homework. Um so <laughs> <laughs> you know, man, when I made my first official gamer song level up, um, I remember I was working at this dead end job and I had I was on lunch, I was I was so just distraught working in that place and it was just a terrible environment. I was doing debt settlement, which was horrible anyway. And I remember driving to this part, man, and I just felt so much despair. I said, well, this is the time to write. Let me write about something I love. And I remember pulling out that, that notepad and those words just flew. I said, let me talk about what it was like for me to play these systems. And maybe there's somebody out there that can relate to me. Um, little did I know after I came out with the song and shot the video, I had people coming up to me, yo, 
I remember Nintendo. I remember Genesis. I remember all that. And it brought feelings of nostalgia in them. So I kind of catapulted that to my first album, Tech Support. And it was more kind of the same concept, talking about things, you know, about anime like Robotech and a uh, song about the Incredible Hulk, Alter Ego. I wanted to jump into things that I loved, but one thing I, I wanted to focus on was making sure the quality of the MC was consistent. This wasn't just me rapping to grab your attention and, and oh, you know, I'm talking about this, so look at me and have subpar skills. I, I come from, two, from a, a long history of MCs. So whenever I step on the mic or whenever I do a song, I got to make sure it's dope because I got a lineage that I have to continue with. I feel that because I want to talk about the inspiration of leadership rather than the inspiration of creation. Because in hip-hop, we always talk about the inspiration of creation. I do this because mm. I hear the beat or the beat tells me what to say or et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But the inspiration right. of leadership is having the balls or the oomph to be able to be yourself and transport that into your creation. And sometimes people don't have the strength or character to do such. Word. It's a good what's point. The, what's the one thing from your childhood or from your creative genius that you grew up with that inspires you to create the sound you rap on and, and, and want to give to the world? Um, my album coming out, Child of the 80s, kind of says all of that. Um, okay. My inspiration came from what TV was a big part of my life. Um, it was when I couldn't make friends and I had trouble making friends, I could always cut on, you know, the real Ghostbusters. I could cut on G.I. Joe or Transformers. And it 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 take me away for a few hours so I wouldn't have to worry about the folks that didn't understand me. You know, being really one of the only black kids in a supposedly multicultural neighborhood in the 80s and didn't really play basketball or sports like that but loved, you know, video games and some of the other stuff. Um, when I write, I try to I try to reach back at that time and see how I felt, and I want the listener to feel that. So, kind of the leadership is me knowing that I have a responsibility to get my point across to you, and when I'm on that stage or when I'm doing a song, I have to make sure you feel the impact of it. That that requires you taking ownership of that. It requires you truly believing in your product and then making other people believe it the same way. So that's not something to start off with. It's, it's been cultivated. And luckily, I've had um, a great mentor in my friend manager, um, Lewis Gray, a.k.a. T-Rex of the group. Um, I've worked with him the last seven, eight years and cultivating me to be an even stronger artist than I was before, to be that leader, to be that man of business, to be that person that when I do music, that my message is out there. So it's important, man, that I continue that. So to answer your question, I think that's what it comes from. Leadership is part of what makes the world seem so weird today. I'm going to pull you out of hip-hop and just pull you into world perspective. Have you noticed that the 80s has never died and that everybody's trying to recreate the 80s? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's in everything. 
Yep. Now, the reason why I believe people want to recreate their 80s is because of Reaganomics. Because the 80s was the boom of capitalism and money making and money grabbing. Yeah. So as a kid, we were the people who lived for the enjoyment while our parents suffered for the um for the giving of the enjoyment like a, a, right, a the economics of, of it yeah right cuz it's a crime for a half hour you only had 10 minutes to show a 20 minutes of commercial <laughs> yes <laughs> you know what I'm saying? yes yes what but now we are the leaders of the world bringing our childhood back not to sell right. the toy but to sell right. the emotion that was attached to it yeah that's a, that's so a very you, good point. So now you are the leader of that with your hip-hop because you're bringing people back to the, yo, I remember that beat. Oh, I remember that loop. And he's rapping mm -hmm. about what? How does that yeah. enjoyment that you <laughs> felt then fuel your critique of enjoyment and creativity now in your music? Um, Man, that's a, that is a great question. And bravo, because that's probably one of the most in-depth I've heard. Um, so I performed at quite a few conventions um, since I started as Tech Force, you know, years ago. I, I want to say really circa 2014, 2015. And I was around people at that time that was doing the same music that I was. Like we were all in um, kind of a genre of music that was talking about what we loved. Well, one thing that at that time I wanted to do is I had a, several friends um, that loved what I was doing. And I think, man, honestly, what fuels me, man, is when I, when I went to those shows and people would come up and say, hey, which, which character was your favorite character? Oh man, I, I love Rick Hunter. Well, I love you know Max Sterling, and that would fuel me. I, I love getting that. So I think from that time when I that first initial performance, I wanted to hear it more. I wanted to have more conversations and connect with people because when you connect with people um, as an artist, it, it, it can it can bring more opportunities. It can bring you know some better friendships, people that actually support you. So what would fuel me? was going to these shows and shaking their hands and saying, man, you know, I, I love the Incredible Hulk. Did you see so-and-so, this and that? And I think I got enjoyment, man, or should I say I know I got enjoyment from people hearing songs and remembering stuff like me. Um, just that nostalgia factor so I can talk to you and I can make you remember because we got so much in this world right now that, you know, especially people of color, man, that is – that's against us. Um, yeah. I feel like if I can set you back for a few minutes so you can remember this, maybe this will set your day a little bit better. Like, I, I truly feel like that. I truly feel like when I rap, it's a gift. And it's not a job. It's a gift. And, and I want you to know that you're not alone in remembering the past. and You're not alone in, in your fight, you know. So that's how I feel. See, for me, when I think about the past, the villains were always the people I I, I, I like. I didn't like the heroes. <laughs> yeah. you know? So which, which villains? Which villains? 
about all of them. <laughs> okay. All of them. Like, like we could go through so, many lanes. Like, you know, like, tell me one of your favorite superheroes that you like. Um, man, I really like the Flash. So I was never a Flash fan, right? Really? Okay. Yeah, never. But the but the person who compels me the most out of the Flash is Captain Cold. Now, Why is that? Because he has a duty of loyalty no matter what side of the law he's on. And that's something that's I true. can relate to because I'm a loyal person. Right. And, 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 and when you grow up with the idea of the villain, you see the wrong in society and you look for the right to make it work for you first, but for others as well. Yeah. No, I can dig that. One of the songs you made that I really was into was Sunshine. Hmm. So what I'm talking about? Were you a legend? Tech, technical truth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That song is dope. Like that's one of the songs that hit me because when you're a leader, especially a creative leader, you have an interesting eye because you see what's ahead and you see the downfalls that can come. And especially when you have someone you love or someone you want to protect, it's 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 sad that you know what's coming, but you want to try your best to map out a better journey for them. Absolutely. Tell me about tell me about that creative eye, how you use it in your music, and not only there, but in your creativity as well. Um. So that was the end. So run run the question back one more time because I loved it. Run it back one more time for me. Talking about your creativity, like I said, as the villain, you always look for the the the, the, the answer because you know something's always in your way. Yeah. With the song you made, Sunshine. Yeah. I it's a, it's a dedication song, and yeah. it's a song where you want to you care for. It's little boys that you're talking about in the song, correct? My son. Yeah, my son right. who is now uh, 19. Yeah. Salute to son's son, 19 years old. Congratulations. And yeah, I mean, thank you. As, as men of color, we have, to, we have to give the map of life to our sons, knowing that there's hell right. coming toward them, and you want to give them something better than just a hard right. road that you travel. Right. Because remember, we've been labeled the villains. We have. So my question is. Our whole is, lives. Exactly. So my question is, how do you use that map or that creativity to draw the map, not only into your music, but into your creativity to leave a road for somebody to excel in and give them a blueprint of how to excel and not just accept the norm and be the villain themselves? Well, so again, um, when I write, man, I try to some, I use it as a lesson. I also use use it as a sometimes a cautionary tale, um, and it depends on what kind of song I write. Like so, when I last year when the marches were going on, um, I felt compelled to write a song that would inspire people to march. So I wrote this song called Unify, and. The beat I made for it, I was going to use for a completely different project years ago, right? And, and when, you, when you're a producer, you make beats, and you don't know what's going to be on there. Um, so I started writing lyrics, and then I was thinking about it. I said, I need something that, that inspires people, something that sounds like I need to get out there and do that myself. So I found the right beat. And when I'm, when I'm writing that particular song, 
I want people to feel like they need to get up. If you truly believe in this cause, you, or if you're this person that you say that you are, that you really feel like black lives actually matter, you're going to go out there and, and do that. But I also painted the picture of what I saw. I went out there and saw all people of color that were marching, people that truly believed in, in a change. You know, made me tear up, man, and it, it was the most beautiful thing. But in my song, I'm giving you the roadmap. Go out there. You know, don't just talk about it. Be about it. And it, it, it ended up being something that was just something I was super proud of because it was my contribution to our people, you know, to people stepping up and people helping. And my contribution to a change that needed to happen, that still needs to happen. So when I'm writing, man, I'm putting myself in there, but I'm also leading people through it in music and just in the decision-making. So I guess sometimes you can be the villain, sometimes you can be the hero. Yeah, most times the heroes become villains in their own story, a la Two-Face yeah. and The Dark Knight. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He absolutely did. He ripped up, man. He's but Two Face is such a compelling character, man. Because like you, you can see the thing about Two Face is that he's not inherently evil, right? Like there's still the semblance of justice, and there's him hanging on to the woman that was left behind. So he can be at times reasoned with, as opposed to the Joker, who is he's anarchy. But see, that's the joy. And the genius of Batman and his characters is that they all reflect the human psyche. So none of them are truly evil and none of them are truly righteous. Yes. They're all the they're principles of the mind. Right. As an yeah. MC, you have to give people the principle of your mind as well through your creativity. Mm -hmm. But but your creative mind is a little different to me. <laughs> <laughs> and the reason I'm gonna say that is not too many people will make a song. From the from the from the um, experience of being Charlie Brown, <laughs> talk about life from Charlie Brown's perspective. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Oh my God. Tell me, tell me about that creative force. So why did you take the stance of being the Hulk or Charlie Brown or even the man who wants to march? How did you put on those those lenses so you could bring people into that viewpoint um, within your creativity? Um. You know, it honestly depends on the, the people I work with at the time. Like uh, right then I worked with a couple of folks like Ashita. Um, and we were, I think it was just a really free time at that point when I made that song. It was honestly me making what I thought was dope but also true to what I, I loved in the past. Um, I made that track around, we made it around Christmas time, right? So, we wanted a definitive Christmas track that people can hear. So I took a sample from um, the Charlie Brown Christmas special, the when you this recognizable, and I got two MCs on. I said, well, you know, how do I want to approach this song? Well, let me approach it from this is Charlie Brown. He gets no respect. So I need, I need to talk about it from his perspective. Yeah. And when I stepped into that world, it was really easy, man, because I grew up watching Charlie Brown, but it actually made it, it kind of just brought it back as far as the track goes, and it brought it back as far as 
who this character is because nobody really talks about you. Like, Charlie don't get a chance to talk about himself because there's too many people that are ragging on him. But it was a fun track to do. Um, it was one a lot of people loved, and, and that's interesting that you <laughs> that you, you mentioned that particular one. Well, you've made it, and I had to do it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> so well, man, I – I'm sorry, again. Well, I mean, I think a lot of times it's like when you're an artist, man, you want to, God, you want to talk about the things that you love, you know. And if you have the ability to to, to bring it across to someone, um, like I made a, a track on Server Crash Part One, Ex Machina, because mm-hmm. I love Ghost in the Shell, classic. But I also made I love the movie Ex Machina, mm-hmm. and I wanted to bring those two together. So I made um, this dude Hub made a track that's down tempo, and it just was perfect for that idea. Made it happen. Mm. To everybody out there listening, thank you for listening. This is Karev from Heritage Hip Hop with Tech Force, innovative yes, MC who not only rhymes using the hip hop culture, but he uses his love for entertainment anime cartoons and toys in his rhymes as well salute let's continue this in this interview because i think this is a classic interview so far <laughs> i'm glad um, you know what man you you have asked me some some of the most in-depth questions as far as me being an artist in my process and i appreciate the time you've taken to ask those questions because to be honest i've been waiting for somebody to ask those so thank you <laughs> hey man it's, it's a pleasure my questions come from yeah. your music, so thank thank you for making great music. All right? Thank you, man. Yeah. Well, let's flip this. Let's flip it, because I want to get to the heart of the man, not just the music, because everybody, if you want to hear his music, go buy it. It's on Bandcamp right now, Tech Force, T-E-K-F-O-R-C-E. Do that, because I said so. <laughs> let's, 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 let's go to some of the heart of it, though. Um, yeah. A lot of the stuff that you rhyme about comes from the joy of youth. And hip-hop always wants to focus on the youth, but not the joy of the youth. They focus on the ignorance of the youth. Yeah. Why is it important to always remember the fun and reminisce in the fun and enjoy the fun, yet not pound people in the head with the youthfulness of having fun? Um, It's a balancing act, right? Um, mm-hmm. You... It's important to remind people because, like you said, they've been browbeat by dark, by, you know, kind of the evil side of hip-hop. And 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 it's kind of like this negative thing that you can't talk about the fun. You can't talk about how you grew up. You can't talk about specific things. You got to keep it right here and keep it raw and keep it, you know, just gutter. Life is gutter, too. You know, I mean, it is. But you can't just – you got to surf that fine line. So if you write tracks where you're going through maybe you can't pay rent or electricity or there's not a lot of food in your refrigerator, you don't know what to do, absolutely. But why not write about when you used to hang out with your boys and ride your bikes, you know, when y'all used to play video games? So life is different experiences. And you shouldn't be just pigeonholed into one type of experience your whole career. 
you know, because how are you truly growing as an artist? And everybody got multiple stories. It ain't just, you know, as a writer, I got multiple stories about my life. I'm still experiencing them. Right now, us talking in this interview is a story I could write about in a song. So it is important, like I said, as an artist, man, that you take every experience you have and not just stay, you know, complacent on that. Focus on the light and the dark. Be in the middle. Do it on the same song. Hell, it's your song, but make it work. Yeah, I mean, that's what I enjoy about how you create because I see the perspective of the rhyme, and plus I see how you don't throw nothing away, which we'll come back to that in a minute. My favorite movie of all time. See, you, you made a song based on one of my favorite movies of all time. Actually, my number one favorite movie of all time. That song, that's all that song. Well, you know the name of the song. I'll just paint the picture for you. In 1986, I believe, <laughs> I was seven years old. And I went to the movie theater with my mother. You know, you know where I'm going? I know where you're going. <laughs> and in the movie, my favorite toy dies. Yeah. <laughs> and I remember. But see, I'm, yeah. I'm going to tell you something bugged out. That movie came out twice that year. Did you know that? Twice. Check this out. When that movie first came out, Optimus Prime died and turned into dust. And the kids yes. were so distraught, they pulled it out the theaters and re-edited it. That's right. Right. Wow. So, Wait a minute. Wait a minute. So now you just hit me with something that I didn't know. So yeah. you mean that, because see, I, like you, I saw the first version. That was, and no, that I was, was one of those kids. Version. The, the one the where he version. turned into dust. That's the first version. That's the one. That no, I, that's the one. I. That's the one I saw. Oh, okay, I saw okay, that. Okay, okay, cool. All right, yeah, that was the first. Yeah. one. Yes. yes. Right. I saw that one. So you saw the re-edited one. Yes, where he turns and just turns his head. I saw yes. both. I saw both versions. Get out of here. So see now I gotta I gotta find this version. Well, it's the one they sell and all the um the remastered ones where he just turns his head and, and, and then the boy cries because on the first yeah. one he turns to dust and the boy doesn't cry on his hand. See, people don't know that. <laughs> I'm a real Transformers fan. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, and and, and that song you made brought back memories. The one because I hate Rodimus Prime. I hate him to death. But well, everybody does. It, yeah, well, not everybody. That's my man's favorite Transformer, actually. <laughs> I Rodimus ain't never been my favorite. He seemed always, you know, confused and not. He just wasn't great. Yeah, he right. I'll say it he, was. he was a bitch. <laughs> he wasn't. A, he wasn't a good leader. He was a bitch. Absolutely. <laughs> they had to bring Prime back because he wasn't working out. Now, now look, I'm, you're gonna see how this goes into my question. Now, check this out. Yeah. Call talking about perspective again. My mom took yeah. me to see that movie. Yeah. My mom taught me about comic books, toys superheroes my mom introduced me to dragon ball z that was her show and she told me shut, shut up and watch it <laughs> get out of here so, shout you out to your that? mom whoa rest in peace yes rest in peace oh man i'm sorry yeah rest she, in peace wow she introduced me to all of that so your mom sounds, sounds like she was a fantastic lady man she was man and, and, and to keep it real, because I'm, I'm, I'm going to come back to what you what we said about Rodimus and don't talk to the original yeah. question, which, which all goes together. Yeah. Perspective was being able to tell that story 
growth is the is the how you understand the story to translate the story. What in your what in your creative genius got you to translate the growth of the experience in the character, not just set the scene of the song so people can grow with it and with you? Um when I wrote the Prime Hour, man, I remember being in that theater and seeing that and I saw when he turned to dust. <laughs> and that was it was heartbreaking. And and you're right, on the blue the blue right now, think about it, he just turns to the side. Yeah. He didn't turn mm-hmm. to dust. And I'm glad you reminded me of that. So when I wrote the song, nobody talks about, like the the movie is an hour and a half long. You can't get into dramatic you know, disposition and stuff in an hour and a half in a kids movie, right? Besides that, they try to they try to move things along, but how, you got to imagine how he feels because or felt he's the one that got prime killed yep. by his actions. And mm-hmm. when I wrote it, I'm like, I don't want to write it from anybody's perspective, but the person that caused him dying mm-hmm. and him walking through how he's going to get back at the Decepticons and how, how, you know, everybody feels how he feels. And it's, it just took me there, man. I think when I write, dude, I, I, matter of fact, I, I watched the movie obviously before I started writing just to make sure I had the part down. And he's going through a lot of different emotions. He's young, man. And he's like, my actions got our leader killed. And I promise you, I'm going to get revenge. You know, I'm going to get revenge for this. I'm going to make sure they pay for killing you, but I also will make sure that I don't put anybody else in that position. And when people, man, I've had people that heard that song and told me they broke down crying because they remember what? that. Yeah. Oh, the scene of yeah. Optimus. Yeah, yeah, I can see. Yeah, I can see. Yeah, Cause, cause yeah they remember. In the movie theaters that went, but look, let me tell you something. This is why the song stands out to me, not only because of the cover art, but because yeah. I was there to see the reaction of both. And I remember when I saw this <laughs> movie, I think I saw it in Maplewood, New Jersey, or Union, or Springfield. I saw it more than once. Yeah. When I tell you when he turned to dust and the kids had to leave the theater and parents had to get their money back? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was, like, traumatic for people. It was. I, I, I remember crying. I do. Because my folks... Dropped me off because you know, I live in Dallas, but uh, the theater was in was in Arlington. It was a Six Flags General Cinema, and they'd always take me to see movies. I never forget it. Sitting there by myself, and mad kids were crying around me. Yeah, people would leave. It was it was like that. Yeah, we. Yeah. I mean, that was that's who we came home to, right? As latchkey kids, when your folks was working or whatever. Mm-hmm. Optimus was there, three thirty, every day for me. Lead like uh, Autobots roll out, go get Starscream, you know, Bumblebee, go over there, and, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He's he was a, a true leader. So yeah, um, there was no way I couldn't do a Transformer song, man. It's it's a part of who I am. Now let's connect that to hip hop because for hip hop, the MCs were our Optimus Prime. It was the people yeah. that we saw that brought the beats and the culture and the rhythm and the style of dress and the pretty girls. It was them who showed us we mattered, especially on Rap City, Video yeah. Music Box. Yes. Pump it up with D, with D, D Barnes. Salute to D Barnes. 
It was yep. them. It was them who made that superhero essence come into us because we had people we could look up to. Now, the road may have traveled different ways. You may have looked at the conscious MC. You could have looked mm. at the gangster MC. You could have looked at the party bravado MC. But those were your heroes because they inspired you and their words meant so much more than just what was on that screen. What up? I must commend you that you don't throw anything away and you're an artist that constantly upgrades when you create. Because I remember hearing in my research SDF three times. SDF one. Yes, with three different interpretations of it. <laughs> also, Road to Tech Support and the Tech Support Grid Edition. You've remixed songs and you've added to the creativity by doing touch-ups. Why is that important as you elevate your sound and, and put your blueprint together to how you create? Um, another another great question. Um, so, for instance, you've obviously heard Level Up remixed twice on that album. Um, this the first one was done by my dude Clop and Pop, uh, producer out of Seattle. And at the time, I knew I had to have, I mean, Level Up at this time when I made the album had been out two years. It's already, people have heard it. And I, what I noticed on Level Up, the quality of the original song, because the beat is where it is, wasn't the greatest I wanted, right? And I said, all right, I need to do an updated version that sounds better, that sounds um, true school hip-hop. So I reached out to him and I said, yo, man, I need something that, that has that, that still that gamer feel, feel, but is essentially hip hop. My man hit me back probably two or three days later with what you heard on the track. I was like, this is dope. It's got that feel, that bounce to it, and I can walk through the beat. And it was jazzy, it was all that. Um, and, uh, the other version is the, the level up player, two player version. Yeah. And that was from a cat out in the UK, man, that uh, does a lot of drum and bass and dubstep and all that stuff. But he heard my stuff and he was like, yo, dude, we need to work together. I said, bet, let's do it. So he sent me the beat and that was a completely different feel. Mm -hmm. um, it, what it allowed me to do was show people how I flex on different beats. And that's an important thing that was, again, talked to me by uh, Lewis Gray, man, as far as having different looks on your album. Have different remixes. Do them yourself or have other people. That way people can get other sides of that track. Or if they want this version, they can have that one. So that was real important, kind of the beginning phase of it, is to remix Level Up. Because that was kind of my definitive track until Ode to the Retro came out. Once that came out, people started really gravitating to Ode to the Retro, and it allowed me to go different places, man. Like I said, different um, comic book stores and, and performances, and Ode to the Retro got me in the Dallas Observer newspaper. Um, but Level Up was kind of that start. People still love it to this day, man. <laughs> yeah, this is a nice track. One of the tracks yeah. that made me laugh the most was Princess Problems. 
actually asked another MC to listen to that song, and he loved it. He was like, yo, that's how we've been talking for years. Somebody just finally <laughs> captured it on the song. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't, you know, dog, I mean, he saved this, 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 this woman countless times. You know what I'm saying? And she's always getting recaptured. So I, I remember seeing this meme that uh, Mario walks into the castle and Koopa and, and, uh, and the princess in the bed together. <laughs> right? What? And you got you to gotta think, like, there's got to be something more going on, man. If, you, if I keep saving you, keep ending up with him, what's really happening? Word. That's crazy. That was a that was a fun track to write, man. Um, but see, that's that's a, that's kind of been the key to, I guess, my success, man, is staying true to myself, writing what I want, and not caring what somebody else thinks about it. You know, if you don't mm-hmm. like my stuff, you don't have to listen to it. But the more I do it, the more I find an audience and people coming to me. Like, I love how you did this song. I love how you wrote that one or this one. People have told me tracks on my album that are not really my favorite, but they love it, you know? Mm-hmm. It's, that's the way it is in hip-hop. It is. It is. And I don't want to veer too far to the left yet. I want to talk about two more things, and then we're going to have some fun. All right? Yeah. And one thing is, as you've grown into your hip-hop, you started making beats, because technically beats, no, part, stage one, yeah, that's you venturing into the production side, still keeping your love of the did it, did it, did it, did it, loops and stuff under it. Like I said, yeah. the eight bits and the sixteen bits. Why did you want to take that that role of taking the old Nintendo cartridge sound and creatively taking the dust off of it and putting more updated drums to it? Why, why did you want to do that? Um. I would love to claim I, to to be the first one to do that. Um, I'm not, but I think in my case, um, when you're telling a story about a certain video game, to me, up until recent years, and, and I do this, I'm able now to kind of surf that that lane on different tracks and still take you there. But I think at the time, man, like when I was making those tracks, um, I wanted to keep you right in that area. If I'm talking about Zelda, how are you going to feel if I'm actually using the loop from Zelda with some dope drums on it? So not only have I taken you there in lyrics, but now you're feeling that nostalgia with the beat behind it. And now it's taking you to whole new levels because you're like, damn, I've never heard it like this before. That was my aim. It's always been my aim when I made. As a matter of fact, I started out as a producer, man. I, I doing production, should I say? Because my first, the first beats I ever made were on PlayStation One, on MTV Music Generator. I, I, I got so many people who say that. Yes, <laughs> it was. Without that, I would have never had the basis and the grounding to make music man and it helped me so much and um when i first started rapping it's so funny i used that basis for the first song that i wrote and I, back then i went by focus life and not tech force and it's, it's the song is called uh keeps the party live 
it's somewhere out there on the internet. I can't even tell you where it's, it came out in like 04, 05. But I used some of those 8-bit sounds with a loop from uh, what was like a real popular anime, Serial, Serial Experiment Flame back then. And in the song, I'm talking about Solid Snake and talking about all these things. And um, that kind of created that formula. It kind of said, well, man, this works. Let me try this. And as I became Tech Force, man, it just made sense. And Technical Beats is just, it's beats that I've had for years. And I stacked them up. Like the first track that you hear samples from RoboCop 2. Right, right. One of my favorite movies of all time, and I love the soundtrack, and I remember being 14 years old and in the theater when the end of the movie played, and I thought it was the greatest thing I'd ever heard. Little did I know, you know, 20-something years later, I'd be using it for a dope track. That's how my mind works. Yeah, that's dope. I got something to talk about with you. Like, on that on that vein, at the end of the interview, you know, we're going to say that, the people listening can't hear that. But what they can hear is all your music that's available right now on Bandcamp. Everybody, make sure you go to Bandcamp and look up Tech Force, T-E-K-F-O-R-C-E, and get some of that great music. Um, TechForce1.Bandcamp.com. Yeah, see, even better. He gave y'all the actual thing. Yeah. I'm going to make you look for it. Word <laughs> <laughs> up. I want to finish off with music with this. You have a new project coming out called Child of the 80s, right? Yes, sir. But there was one song I heard that made me go, oh, he's showing off. And that was the song Move. Tell me about Move. How Move Began? Yeah, I wouldn't know well, anything about Move. But that, that's dubstep <laughs> B-boy music right there. So let me know about yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah, uh, well, man, this producer in Austin, uh, by the name of Michael Pena from this group named Hammer's Iron Man. He's a really talented producer. We've been talking for a bit about working together. Um, he met me first, and then he met um, T-Rex, Louis Gray, when I keep talking about a little bit later. But he'd been going through beats, right? And he found one. He said, Tech, I got this beat, man, that I made like 10 years ago, but I keep hearing you and Rex on this track. I said, what? He says, yeah, man, I know you're trying to do Child of the 80s, and I know you want to have that kind of break, break, you know, breaking our Beach Street feel, man. Can I send it to you? I'm like, yeah. He sends that track to me, and I'm like, holy shit. This is what I've been looking for. This is the one that's going to set the tone for the rest of the album. So I sent it to Rex. Rex is like, oh, shit. And he wants both of us on the track. And um, we had done music before, but we hadn't officially had kind of that single together. So I wrote my verse. Um, we ended up driving to Austin about two months after that. And we went to Mike's house, sat up, you know, chilled out for a bit. And he has a studio in his back, in his garage. We go in there, spend the next six, seven hours just cultivating, making sure we got the music dope and, and recording. It's three or four o'clock in the morning and we listen to it and we're like, man, we got something special, dude. This is, this is too dope. Um, I go back and I, I write my final verse, record it. It's three o'clock in the morning. 
and you know, normally, like, dude has a decent house. He was like, "Hey, man, you wanna, you guys wanna stay here for the night?" And before I could say anything, Rex is like, "Nah, man, we about to drive back." And I'm, I'm looking at him like, "Man, I'm tired. I, I've been in there seven hours." We should. He said, "No, Tech. I'm teaching you about professionalism. When you're done with the track and you're done doing stuff, you got to dip back out, man." And that taught me like a powerful lesson, like as far as being on my business at that time. But I, I went back home, gave Mike a chance to mix it. A week later, move is made, like finished and done. And it's everything that I've been looking for for this album. I decided to put it out as a lead single, and people loved it. There it is. Mm. I'm feeling that. Yeah, you know, man. Something Just, is... um. I'm sorry, go ahead. Say, say what you was about to say. No, I was saying, um, I just, I really wanted to make something that, that captured that B-boy feel and what that's, that's like. And, uh, I think largely we did. Yeah, you did, because the song Move is, um, incredible. I like it, because it took me back to, um, with, um, my man Shabadoo passing away, R.I.P. Yeah, R.I.P. We go back, we go back to the pop locking and break dance era, and it's good to hear stuff that brings you back to that era every now and then. Because you know yeah. something, this is something that really bothers me. People of age always want the younger people to appreciate what they have, and people of younger age always want people to appreciate what they have because they feel like they're not being heard. There's no middle ground, but right. there is a middle ground. But the middle ground is met with tension because you hear younger people say, "I don't like your music because y'all always explain stuff." Or y'all talk too much. Right. <laughs> or the beat too slow. And the beat saying, well, y'all songs don't have no third verse. And y'all don't have no bass. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And, 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 and right. of course, it's preference, but that middle ground has to be good music that can bridge the gap. And I think right. Move is a song that could do that. Shout out to T-Rex. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's a song that I think really hits, hits the notion of what good music can be, even in a rep, in, in a, in a, in a reminisced state, you know? Yeah, well, I appreciate that, man. We we set out to, um, to again, it's another track to make you remember, however it sounds updated, right? Because you hear some of the elements in it. Um, and that's that's the genius of, of Mike, man. He's just, you know, that type of producer. But having the right lyrics in it always help having a good hook. But you got to know where you're going. And right. when I'm, I'm I'm listening to that song, I'm thinking about the old tracks. You know, I'm thinking about Planet Rock. I'm thinking about all of those and how they approach that. And it has to have a certain level of energy. That energy level is what brings people in. That energy level on the track is what makes you keep listening. Because imagine we was just super relaxed on that song. You're like, oh, why is he why is he rapping like that? But having that energy level and that impact is the reason why you think it's dope, and and other people have too. And it's just, it just, it's just hip hop, man. Yeah, hip hop is um very hard to define, which we will talk about that in a minute. I want to ask you about Never Again, and, and what was the um? It sounds like a cathartic type song, like you're really going somewhere with it. Tell me about the song and what's the goal for the listener that you want them to have after they hear that song. So. With never again, um, it was another talk with with Rex, mm -hmm. um, who's who's helped me, been instrumental in 
direction, not in, in me writing, um, like as far as in writing my lyrics, but direction as far as what songs I should try to write, you know, different looks. And we were talking um, about a year and change ago about tracks for the album. You know, what what do you plan to write? And I said, he says to me, he says, Tech, you need something that talks about the people that have messed you over, the people that have wronged you in music, the ones that tried to keep you down and you, you still, and you need to have something that lets MCs know that just because you're about these video games and just because you're about all of that, the animation don't mean you're not a real MC and you will bar track out when you need to. So I made that beat. Um, it was like a Saturday morning, and I wanted to combine um, one of my favorite break beats with like some sci-fi sounds. It's kind of like my definitive sounds. Um, so that melody came with that bass line, and it just made sense. And next thing I know, you know, I'm saying on the track, you know who you are, you know you ain't down. When I'm on the mic, you know, I got the clown. And then the, the the hook came after that, the lyrics. But it honestly is a track to let people know, you know, stand firmly on who you are. And don't allow people to take you away from your path, to take you away from what you know is right and what you need to do. And I don't mean just in music, but in life. Let them know never again, because you deserve to have respect at the end of the day. And that's my message to MCs. Anybody listening to the song, man, it's, that's that's really what I wanted to do. And um, the single's been doing really well. I guess people people caught that message. Yeah, and that was very important. And I want to ask you, as an MC, what's more important to you to be listened to or to be heard? To be heard. What's up? Well, because people listen to music all the time. Like they have, they'll be in the house cleaning and they got background, you know, background music. You're listening. But you might not know what the lyrics are. You might not even know what the person is saying. But when somebody sits down and hears you, they hear everything that you got going on. So to me, it's important to be heard in that capacity to where someone is like, I can apply this to my life. And I've had that, I had a dude that um, listened to New Game Plus. And there's a version of New Game Plus that's out there. I think it's still on SoundCloud. That's just my version. That doesn't have the uh, other MC Mega Ran on it. Um, but I got a letter from my dude. Right, well, let me lean back up. I was at a performance at Retro Palooza, which is a is a uh, convention out here. A guy drove from Houston to Dallas. and said, "Tech, look, I've been a fan of yours for a while, and I made this Tron beaded logo because he knows that I love Tron, and gave me this logo. Gave me like a light cycle USB and said, "Yo, man, I'm just a big fan. I like to to talk with you." I just, and, and just let you know what's going on. So we kind of followed each other on Facebook, started talking. He said, Tech, I want to send you something. What's your favorite system? Like, what's the, what's the system you love? I said, well, man, I, 
you ain't got to send me a system, but I love the Sega Dreamcast. He said, you know what? I got some Dreamcast. What games do you want? I said, man, you got to do all that. He insisted. So the guy got my address. He sends a Sega Dreamcast with like 15 games. Mm-hmm. And then he sends me a letter. And then he opens it up. I open it up and I read it. And he, and he says, man, when I heard, before I heard New Game Plus, I was in the darkest place of my life. I had family members that passed. I had folks that I was just going through some really, really difficult times. But, man, I heard New Game Plus, and I got up and I started painting again. I looked for a better job. I, I did a bunch of stuff that I never did before, and I thank you for that. And that was kind of a turning point as, a, as an artist because he heard me. He heard my story, and it inspired him enough to change his life, man. And that, to me, that's what I look for. And that's the key of being an artist. So for everybody out there looking for life-changing music, give them your social media so they can follow you, where they can they can get your music. Word up. Um, well, like my man said, uh, Karev, he, uh, techforce1.bandcamp.com is where you can get it. I'm available on streaming services, uh, you know, Spotify and um, Google Play, all of those. You can look me up. I'm there. My social media, um, Instagram, at TechForce, Twitter, at TechForce Rises, of course, Facebook. I'm even on t- TikTok for some reason, um, but I'm there too, so you can find me in all places. All right, and this will go with what he said, Heritage Hip Hop does not believe in streaming. If you have an MC who has a song that you like, we ask that you purchase it. And this is why. Because if you don't purchase your music and God forbid something happens in the world like we've been seeing for the past two years, the internet goes down. If you don't have your, if you don't buy your music, you don't own it. So if there's something that you really love that helps you get through those dark times of music that helps uplift your spirit, buy the music and keep it because if you don't have it when the grid goes, you don't have your music. You agree? I absolutely agree, man. So let me refine that statement. Go to only techforce1.bandcamp.com so you can live the statement my man just made. That's a great point. Exactly. So with that being said, we finished the first part of our interview, and now it's time for the second part, which is called the Rapid Fire Questions. Are you ready to play this one? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess I got to be ready. Let's do it. Well, the rapid-fire questions are not yes-no questions. These are questions that are based upon you as the artist and your understanding of hip-hop music and hip-hop culture. But for you, I have different questions than the average um, interview that I do. I'm going to mix something in to make it a little more fun. How how do you feel about that? You ready? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Question number one. What song or album from another person's catalog perfectly describes you? Perfectly describes me. We got the jazz. Tri-Call Quest. Ooh, Tri-Call Quest. All right, here we go. Question number two. Because you are you, you have blurred type of um tendencies in your music, I'm going to ask you this. Who would win in a fight? A Gundam W or, or, or Voltron? Talk to me. Uh, Voltron all day. Oh, I see. Absolutely. Hands down. Because, well, Voltron is, is a proven fighter. There's five people that are controlling Voltron that have, have beat the Zardon army several times, and, and they the truth. They're going to win that fight, period. 
Hmm. Okay. Flip question. If you had to define music in five albums, what would they be? Music in five albums. Uh, End of the 36 Chambers. Okay. Um, End of the Stage by Black Moon. Mm. Uh, Wilson Sheep's Clothing. Mm-hmm. Um, I already mentioned Midnight Marauders. Mm-hmm. And When Disaster Strikes by Buster. Ooh, okay. You're very East Coast. All right. Yeah. My next question. Give me five games with classic soundtracks. Chrono Trigger. Chrono Cross, Secret of Mana, Final Fantasy VI, and was there one more? Uh, Link to the Past. Wow, that was too easy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was yeah. Too yeah. Easy. yeah, yeah, buddy. You know, you know, <laughs> if anything, I'm on game soundtracks. You got to, you got to, you better understand that, baby. <laughs> okay. I'm gonna I'm, I'm flip it again. All right. The remix is something that we did to add people to songs or change the beat to give a song more of a long-lasting um, life cycle when we, um, we create music and hip-hop culture. What is the greatest hip-hop remix of all time? Oh, you did flip it on me. Um, Solo Nice Remix by Razzcast. That's a great... Oh, my God. <laughs> Shout out to Razzcast, one of my favorite interviews Stop. in Heritage Hip Hop. Wet. That is single-handedly the waterproof MC. You ain't wetting me. You need to stop rapping. Or maybe what he say? Start things robbing. like money. You be stop rapping. And start robbing banks. Like or robbing banks. Said he be, but see, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Great. Never be the avocado. Just another broke Versace model. Tiger Woods ain't up to, even up to par in the game of survival. Man, I mean the dude's bars. Yeah, are crazy in that ever. song. He's one of the best Just, ever, and people don't talk about him enough. Hey, well, yeah. I got a chance to open up for him several years ago. Yeah. And, yeah, that was that was like a, a life goal as an MC was to either open up for him or meet him. And I got to meet him. He was here in Dallas. And uh, I got to open up when I was doing Technical Truth. Told the brother how much Solo Nice meant to me. Took a picture with him, bought him a drink, chopped it up. That's what's up. Yeah. Video game question. If there was a game that has a soundtrack that you would remake into your entire album off of one game, what game would that be? One game that I that I would remake into my entire album? Yes. Um That would let me see. Man, that is a that is a great question. Probably Good Lord, that's a that's a good one. So, what's what's one? Probably, if I was to say to make it into a full full album, mm-hmm. maybe because I'm thinking of, of the games I played back in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, probably either Chrono Trigger or Chrono Cross. So you an RPG head, huh? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I grew up on them. Okay. I grew up on them. Yeah, I did. Okay. Well, another one I would do, just mm-hmm. just for honorable mention, is any of the any of the Streets of Rage games. 
and that's my favorite side scrolling game of all time, which I see you play on YouTube, and I'm waiting to bust your asses in Pizza Rage Four. What's good? <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, are you, is that the setup, brother? You let hey. me know. Good, yeah. Okay. Hold <laughs> up. Nah, Ain't nobody better than me in Streets of Rage 4. You, you, you at all. You yes. Yes. Yeah, we're going we gonna, we gonna to talk about that at the end of the interview. Let's talk. Let's finish that up. Everybody, you want to see that? Right. Just give, leave a comment and let us know if you want to see this battle. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Me and my man about to run in on hard mode tonight. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Hey, right. me, and, me and my son did that about three weeks ago. And it was so much fun, bro. It was it was it was tough, but man, we did it. And man, you, I gave him the biggest fist bump after we beat it. So if that's what you want to do, baby, I'm ready. That's what I'm talking about. Let's continue. You know what the um, you know how you said when you sat in the RoboCop, and that song came on and it changed your perspective of music. Yeah. The game that changed my perspective of music for video games actually wasn't even Streets of Rage, the series. Because Street Rage 1 and 2 had the best soundtracks, right? It did. I still game, listen to it. The game that changed the way I listen to music was made by SNK. And it's my favorite fighting game series of all time, King of Fighters. And the arranged okay. soundtrack for King of Fighters 96, Art of Fighting Team, taught me I remember that. how instruments are used to create texture in beats. Right? Mm. Yeah. How does the 8-bit eight eight game sound layer and texture to hip-hop beat? Um, well, you, you got to look at, at the history of video game beats, right? So mm -hmm. um, you mentioned Streets of Rage. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't, as a matter of fact, because I know, I know better than this, I, I forget his name now, and I see it every day. But give me a second. One second, and we'll, we'll um. I'm literally pulling it up. Yuzo Koshiro. Oh, the composer. Yuzo Koshiro. Okay. Right, composer of the game. So, I recently read an interview about him, mm -hmm. and he was talking about his influences for that game series. Mm -hmm. Well, one of those influences was hip hop. Wow. And when he made that, he wanted to have several different influences on the album. Um, techno, drum and bass. You know, he wanted to have a little bit of soul that was in there too, and hip hop. When you hear them beats, it, mm, 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 and, mm, mm, mm. Mm -hmm. and then other beats mm -hmm. he got on there using. That's hip hop. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that comes mm -hmm. from him listening to everybody that we mentioned beforehand. And that's why hip hop and, and games are interchangeable, man, because you got Biggie was talking about, you know, growing up playing Sega Genesis on Juicy. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Super Nintendo, mm -hmm. Sega Genesis. That's Hip hop and video games are synonymous with each other. We've sampled it. They sampled us. And it's it's just this it's, it's a very you know kind of unified thing, man. Yeah, yeah. Shout out to the locks because I remember the first song on Bad Boy they sampled Samurai Showdown, and <laughs> nobody got yeah. that. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> I did. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ooh. yeah the, if you think I'm checking, people who know. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah I we think, really um, pop on Heritage Hip Hop, y'all. So make sure y'all pay attention <laughs> to follow and subscribe because we doing it over here. <laughs> Listen, if y'all not listening to this man right here, Karev, you need to just just go on and make sure you listen every week because the the fact that this gentleman gets so in depth and not just hip hop, but what the artist is into, can't be is not duplicated nowhere else. So listen to this man. Appreciate that. Appreciate that. I got three more questions, but I might push it to four because this is a great interview. Um, we just did the video game thing. So let's flip it back to music. If you can make your dream track with anybody, who would you collab with and who's doing the beat, dead or alive, no restrictions? Um, Pharrell. Pharrell's doing the track? Pharrell's Any doing features? the track. Any features? Probably... Who am I thinking of? Um, man, Pharrell with who would be on the track? Probably, I would say Q-Tip. Wow, that would be eclectic as hell. Yeah, I got I got yeah, a that's... question for you though. You using Jay yeah. Dilla Q-Tip or you using Midnight Marauders era Q-Tip? <laughs> so Aquarius Q-Tip yeah probably you know what I'd probably take it back and do the Soul Aquarius one because the way it turned out on Common Common's album Electric Circus I thought okay. it was phenomenal so okay. to have to in, in the kind of and I'm kind of thinking maybe Jay, it, it'd be Jay Dilla because you remember um, Come Closer Remix that had yeah. It was Dilla on it, Pharrell, you know, Dilla the beat, Pharrell was on it, um, Tip was on it, and it was a dope feel. So maybe even that'd be the flip side of it. Pharrell did the track, or if Dilla did the track, it'd be more more so long, long that, that feel, kind of like a Bonita Applebaum or something like that. It'd be dope. Okay, I'm with it. Flip yeah. question. We're going to go back to the video game. Yeah. It's very important for people to uh, feel that they are included in um the entertainment realm you know and in today's society it's marketable now i mean it should have been always a good principle but now it's marketable for black lives to matter right yes i, I want yes. to ask you oh damn what you saying what say go ahead no i was saying this it's it's, it's it's definitely apparent how folks are jumping on to uh sell t-shirts but didn't care about it Pre twenty twenty, yeah, at all, yeah. They with, didn't give a damn with about the Miles it. Morales game dropping, where do you see hip hop and music merging to further that genre, and would and how would your music be a part of it? So, if anybody is looking at my discography, they know I know how to to put myself in the character's shoes. And as a writer, it's important for me to do that. So I feel like having songs that do that would help to tell this, the character story even more. And I think they don't even utilize that. Like, they'll get on these game soundtracks people that are just hot, right, folks that just are top billing. But they don't take the time to maybe look at an artist that can tell the character story. Right. As him. They used to do that 
in the eighties and the nineties, like when you talk about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the, the, the original movie, Turtle mm-hmm. Power, they had that do Partners in Rhyme. Mm-hmm. The T M N T U R T L E T U R T L E Power. Yeah. T U R T L E Power. So these brothers are telling the story, but the song was was dope. Like you got it, they got into the characters' heads and told you that. Okay. And I think. Moving forward, if we even had one or two songs, like Miles, God, he needs, he's such a strong character, but doesn't have a song about him on neither the movie, um, Into the Spider-Verse or the game. Right. So that's my perspective on it, but I don't make those decisions. So, but we can always put it in. So for everybody out yeah. there who likes that genre, Make your songs and pitch them to Marvel and DC and Warner Brothers because um, now that Static Shock and the Milestone universe is coming back, we have yes. more opportunity to branch the uh, hip-hop genre, not into just the soundtrack, but into the character development of the character as well. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. So my, next, my next question is this then. If you could be your own superhero, it's not saying that you're not, what is your power, and how does that come out through your music? Hmm. If I could have my own super superpower, mm-hmm. it probably. I mean, I, I've always been partial to the super strength, right? Like I've always gravitated to characters that had that super strength that could be any surmountable foe with a punch and I think that goes to kind of the carnal tendencies of, of human beings as a whole like if you're tested you want to have the power to to defeat somebody or to defeat something um, I probably would have that that power the <laughs> I think but it also end up being a problem because people that have a super strength have a higher tendency to use it for for evil, you know what I'm saying? And you kind of, and you've seen characters like Superman or whoever go dark for a little bit because they're so much more powerful. Um, but I would probably relate it back in the music as probably what I always do, just doing it from the artist's perspective. But one thing I, I don't, if, I, if it was myself having super strength is dealing with, with how that affects me and my family, how it affects my relationship with my friends, how it affects me just being in general society because, you know, I'm a black man with super strength. What what kind of threat am I really now? I was a threat before, but now I got super strength. So there's, there's so many different ways that you can tell that damn story and actually make it work. You're right. Have you ever read the comic book Black? I've heard of Black, but I've never read it. I would advise you to please read that comic book before the movie comes out. Black has been heard- one of the best comic book series ever, ever. So, covers yeah. With, you um, know- go ahead, I'm sorry. No, I was saying I, I read um, on, the, on the Dark Horizons site I go to all the time that Black was being made into a movie. And I heard it was really, really dope. But now you kind of give an endorsement. I've got to pick it up. I'm advising you, buy, please. Like like I said, the, from the cover with the Trayvon Martin cover to yes. the, um, the Donkey Kong cover with 
Donkey Kong is really Donald Trump to even the to even the um variant cover with Harriet Tubman with the katana blade. One of the best. Yeah. My favorite my favorite cover is the 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 pinup. Like they're going like you go into prison, and every yeah. person has a has a number, and it's a slave, a soldier, a thug, of today's caliber. You know the the pants and all that hip hop style. Yeah. But it's every like generation, every hundred year generation, and as a, on a jail pinup. So you see the transformation of how the black male is looked at through the centuries in America. Powerful comic book. Our well, our Mexican creators, well worth the buy, for real. You know, um, they probably so they they probably got a um a collected a graphic cover. novel I can buy a hardcover. Yeah, but if you can find this, <laughs> like the regular, the actual co- yeah, I yeah I got, I got them all autographed when I saw them because man that that comic book series, I don't even want to spoil it. Like I really want you to read it because part of the stuff that you make, kind of like like the Unify song. Um, the, um, oh, what's my song? Uh, give me a second. Let me go back to my notes. Pardon me. Pardon me. Yes, everybody. Yeah. I take notes. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently. Because his yeah, brother's on it with his details. Yeah, it's one song on Truthful Journey that reminds me of Black. It's the song. Oh, man. I oh, you're talking about, um, you're talking about Eyes Wide Shut. No, Just Let It Go. Okay. Just let yes. it go. Reminds that's that's me of one the, of the the climactic battles in the um comic book series. Yeah. Word. That that was the first that was one of the first tracks I ever produced. And you did your thing. I like that song. I like that song a lot. Thank you, man. Thank um, you. Thank you. No doubt. I have two more questions and then we're gonna fade out. I'm not I don't want to even talk about me anymore. I wanna focus on you on these last two questions. Uh we can have that discussion after the interview as well. But what is what is hip hop to you? How do you define it, and what is, what is it? Um, hip hop is is a feeling. Mm-hmm. Hip hop is your lifestyle that you live. Hip hop is and the things that you do and your dealings with your families and friends. Hip hop is. It's a part of your soul, like it's it's something that's so embedded in you, you don't even realize it that that you're doing hip hop. It's in the way that you speak. Um, hip hop is is love. It's it's hate. It's understanding. Hip hop is you giving a message to somebody that needs to hear it. Hip hop is um, it's life. It's death. It's it's all encompassing, man. I, I don't know a life without hip hop. It's part of everything that I do. Word. So I'm gonna use something I say to build up the last question because I was eloquently put. I believe hip hop is God. There's no other way to look at it for me because I don't think it's music. I think hip hop is bigger because it's everything that's inside of you and outside of you yeah. at the same time. I'll give you two quick examples and I keep it moving. Um, when you walk in life, what do you take? When you when I what? When you're walking, what do you take? You walk your journey of life. What, what do you take? When I walk my journey of life. Yeah, when you're walking, what do you take? Um, like when I, I'm, I'm trying when to you, understand the content. 
Uh, you know what? I'll well, ask it a different way. I'll ask it a different way. What is harmony? Harmony is when everything converges and, and makes sense, and it's, it's equal. It's balanced. Okay. So a perfect beat has perfect harmony with all the sounds, right. the drums, the synths, the kicks, the snares, and everything. It makes sense, and they come together, right? Yes. So when your body has harmony, that means your systems work together, right? Absolutely. That's your, that's your reproductive system, your lymphatic system, that's your respiratory system, everything, reproduct, all that, right? And when right. it doesn't work together, it's called a disease, right? Yes. And how does a beat or a song hit you when it's not done right? It puts your spirit in disease. So it doesn't operate. You don't feel that one. You don't feel that unity with that song or that sound. You don't vibe together. And that vibe is called the rhythm of life, correct? Yes. So hip-hop has to be something that's higher because you live it, and also it lives inside and without, outside of you as well. Well put. So Absolutely. That's, that sets up my last question, which is, first, thank you for coming on Heritage Hip-Hop. I appreciate it. And this is the most important question of the first interview, which means we have an open door policy. And if you ever want to come back, you're, you're, you could be our guest. You know what I'm saying? You don't have to be Billboard 100. All you have to do is do something <laughs> meaningful for the hip hop community and have a story to tell. Because the greatest story ever told is the one you live, and the microphones are always open to heritage hip hop. Yes, sir. So, I'll be I'll be more than happy to come back, man, and be on here. This is one of the um, most in depth. And and I appreciate that it's a conversation. That's where I think um, I shine the most and the other person does too, man. And when it's a conversation, it's two people that love what we love and it comes across. Exactly. So with that being said, my final question of the interview is this. One day, a child is going to go to the Hall of Fame. And in that Hall of Fame, they're going to see Tech Force on there. And then the child's going to go, hmm, who's Tech Force? And the child's going to hit a red button, and your hologram is going to pop out, and it's going to play your love of games, your love of music, and your creative genius that spans decades. The most important question I'm going to ask is, what is the legacy that you left behind, that you leave behind that let, made the world better because you did hip-hop music? Man, that is a powerful question. Um. You know, that's, it's funny you mentioned legacy because I always think about that, right? The older we get and you have children, you look at them and you're like, that's my legacy. These two people that I've raised are going to carry on my name and the memories after I'm gone to be hopefully, you know, great, upstanding people that are happy and well-adjusted and all that stuff and, and, the way I look at it in music, I want them to remember that I was someone that wasn't afraid to do what I love regardless of what was going on in life, regardless of how, you know, what pitfalls I ran into. I was still able to do something I love and push for it through all that. And I hope and I pray it inspires them to do the same regardless of what their problems are that are insurmountable, things they can't get past, that they keep pushing for what they believe in because they'll see from my story what I've been through. They'll see certain pitfalls I went through. 
And I want them to know that it's great to be who you are. You're different. That's beautiful. Use that difference to make a message in your world. Have your own legacy. Be able to share it. Be able to inspire other people like I have. And to me, that's what I want to, that's what I want to, I want to live. That's what I want to leave. So everybody that's listening, remember, your story matters. And it's best to leave something behind that inspires the world to build off of what you did through inspiration, not just you making things just to happen. In the Bible, it said when God spoke across the waters, if you look at the definition, it said his inspiration went across the waters. So whatever you say and do matters because it's life-giving and it's life-changing. With that What's being that? said, this is Karev from Heritage Hip Hop with Tech Force, MC, yes. visionary, and creator. <laughs> And we say peace, and we out. Word up. Peace. See what I mean? Blurred culture has not only made hip-hop rich with lines about Spider-Man, Superman, John Blaze, etc. It is the people who exist within Blurred culture that keeps that line going. So I want to give a shout out to everybody in Blurred culture, the cosplayers, the MCs, everybody out there who remembers what it was like to be a kid and to hold on to those childhood memories. Hip-hop is not always about guns, violence, sex, and drugs. Sometimes it's about having fun and being a kid again. And salute the Tech Force for tapping into that vein of not only his childhood, but of the hip-hop culture and keeping it rich and alive. This episode of the Heritage Hip Hop Podcast is brought to you by Heritage Hip Hop. We introduce you to your future favorite artist today. And by joining and subscribing to our website, not only do you get early access to our interviews and podcasts, but you also get exclusive playlists and music as well. So join us at HeritageHipHop.com. Sign up, become a member, and enjoy the benefits. We're also sponsored by Transparent Credit Repair, the superheroes of the financial literacy and credit repair world. 15 seconds is all in, all you need to fix your financial future by fixing your credit. Go to HeritageHipHop.com and clicking the link for Transparent Credit Repair helps you change your life and your financial future in just 15 seconds. Before we get out of here, I'd like to give a shout out to everybody who makes this possible. Shout out to the Heritage Hip Hop team, Fatty's Place, Michael Bradley, Lex, Fire Jaws, and also you, the listener. Shout out to the Heat DJs. And MJ's Hip Hop Connect. Shout out to the Fleet DJs. Shout out to everybody who's ever been on Heritage Hip Hop. This would not be possible without you. Thank you so much. If you'd like to donate to Heritage Hip Hop, please. Our cash app is dollar sign Heritage Hip Hop. If you'd like to get some merch, our website is storefrontier.com forward slash Heritage Hip Hop. For t shirts, hoodies, long sleeves, and etc., we got that for you. Anybody looking to be a sponsor of Heritage Hip Hop, you can contact us at Karev at HeritageHipHop.com. Until then, everybody, we have more episodes coming, and we're almost at the 100th episode, so stay tuned. With that being said, this is Karev from Heritage Hip Hop saying peace, and we out.